Hey y'all, welcome to Weekly Ways to Better Days, the podcast. I am your host, Katie Ways. I am a trauma coach who specializes in helping traumatized women whose triggers and trauma responses are dictating their lives. In this podcast, I share real-life stories and experiences of trauma and healing. Welcome to episode 14, The Strong Woman Suffering in Silence, Part 2. So I was a strong child who suffered in silence, a strong adolescent who suffered in silence, and a strong woman who suffered in silence. I want to share the impact of me suffering in silence and not speaking up when it would have been helpful for myself. I kept a lot inside bottled up, and so I really want to share my experiences and how they would have differed or how they impacted me by keeping them all bottled up inside. This episode, I want to talk about a trauma that led me to suffer in silence for years, bringing up suffering at many different points in my life. The story I'm going to share may be triggering, so I want to invite you to stop listening if you don't feel comfortable, and if you do continue to listen and you are triggered, I would like to invite you to reach out so that I can offer some support. So, here I go. When I was 11 years old, the summer before I went into 6th grade, My mom had a mental breakdown and spent the entire summer in and out of mental institutions. During this time, my family decided it was best for me and my older sister to go live with my biological father instead of staying back at home with my stepdad and my younger sister. My stepdad had been in my life since I was six months. He is the person I referred to as dad. He is the person that raised me. So this was really challenging. All I wanted to do was be back home with my dad and my sister. So my family decided that this was not a good choice. They did not like my my stepfather. They um, labeled him the villain. And so While my mom was in the mental institution, they decided that I wasn't going to see him. So one night during that summer, I woke up in the middle of the night to my biological father molesting me. I remember pushing him away, but I don't remember much after that. I didn't tell anyone. I internalized it. I even questioned if it was real. I questioned myself and thought maybe I was making it up. I tried to bury it, tell myself that it didn't happen. I didn't know if anyone would believe me. Um, In my past, I had a situation where my mom came out when when I was fairly young. I was like four. My mom came out and had told her family that her stepfather molested her, and they basically told her that they didn't believe her, And she was essentially shunned from the family. And this really stuck with me. I mean, I was a kid when this happened. And and just remembering, I mean, I knew way too much. I shouldn't have known about the circumstance, but I did. And I knew the way 
everyone treated her after she came out and said it. So I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not saying anything. Um, And I also knew in the back of my mind that if I would have said something and my stepdad found out, he would have probably killed him. And that's not a um, light statement. It is literally the truth. And so I had this like, you know, I had these stories in my brain and I had, you know, these reasons as to why I thought I should keep it all inside and suffer. Um, I moved back home in the beginning of sixth grade as soon as I could. As soon as my mom was back home and kind of settled, I moved straight home. This is when my deep suffering began. I started to get really depressed And by the time I was in seventh grade, I was experiencing full-blown depression. I would recluse in my room, I would sit in the dark, and I would internalize everything. This is when I started to wish that something would happen and my life would end. I wasn't necessarily um, actively, like, suicidal, trying to think of ways to harm myself or, um, you know, kill myself, but I was wishing that I was no longer here I was wishing that something would happen to me so that I wouldn't be on this earth living this experience anymore to be honest at this point I wasn't thinking about being molested I was just super angry so I had buried it so this it wasn't like I was reliving this um this traumatic event it's just I was suppressing it and I was getting angry and I remember being so mad at my mom for getting sick and I didn't realize that I wasn't mad at her for getting sick. I was mad that she didn't protect me from my biological father. I was mad that she didn't put things in order so that I could be with my stepdad and my younger sister so that I would be safe while she wasn't there. Um, I I was mad at my family that they wouldn't let me go home to my younger sister and my stepdad, the person who would have protected me, the person that kept me safe, the person that chose to be in my life and always tried to protect me. So I kept distancing myself from my biological father, only seeing him when I was like essentially forced to, like when my my mom would kind of make me or, you know, um, and I really, really did my best to stay the hell away from him. Um, At 15, I decided that I was going to cut him out of my life, Um, and I did, and it wasn't due to the molestation. It was due to all the ways that he continued to treat me and my older sister. I mean, we're talking this man was an alcoholic, a drug addict, and was very emotionally abusive, so besides, you know, sexually abusing me, this man had been emotionally abusing me my whole life, and I just had enough. Um, and then this is when I, the silent suffering got even worse. This is when I started having everyone under the sun tell me that I was making a mistake, that there would come a time where I wish I wouldn't have cut him out of my life, that I would regret it. And the thing is, none of those people knew he molested me. None of those people knew that they were telling me to carry on a relationship with my abuser. None of those people knew that what they were saying to me was actually really telling me to go against everything that felt right and safe. They were trying to, you know, save me from hurt later on, meaning regret that I, you know, stopped talking to him. But 
I want to tell you, there was never an ounce of regret in my life that I stopped talking to him. I would just stand firm. I would call him a piece of shit. And I would bring up all the other things he did. And that's why I would justify not talking to him. I would just say, no, he's done this, this, and this. And, um, you know, he's always been mean and always emotionally abused us. And, and I would just, you know, give all of the other reasons. And I kept this in inside of me the whole time. When I was 26, he committed suicide by drinking antifreeze. The moment that my older sister called me and told me that he passed away, I broke down in tears. All I could think about is that I would never, ever have to see or speak to this man ever again. I was finally free. I was free of the hold of feeling like I was going to run into him somewhere in town or that I was going to talk to him somewhere or I was going to have to see him at, you know, my sister's wedding or something like that. I just, I literally lost my shit and I just like started bawling. And my sister was kind of like really shocked that I had reacted this way, but she didn't know. She didn't know anything that had gone on. She didn't know that I was like literally crying, not because I was sad that he was gone, but because I was so relieved that I literally never had to be tortured by this man again. It wasn't until I was 28 years old that I decided to tell someone. So it took another two years for me to say something. I suffered for 18 years in silence. I kept this inside for 18 years, battling myself, um, pushing it down, questioning myself. Is it real? Am I lying? Am I making this shit up? All the things. These were all dialogues that I had going on in my mind. And then finally, I broke down and I told my younger sister, oh my goodness, the freedom that came from just letting it out of my body. There was still some shame and it was kind of hard because I could see the reaction of my younger sister. She was fucking pissed because again, she's like someone hurt my sister, you know, and and not to mention this person who had continually hurt so many people in my family and had done so many shitty things. This was just another thing to add to the list that this man did, right? And um, it was hard for her. I remember seeing her reaction. She did hold space for me, but honestly, it was just so good to get it out of my body, literally. It was like it finally, it was finally free. I didn't have to store it anymore. I could talk about it. And this allowed me to kind of start processing it, It allowed me to understand why I was so angry. I understood why I was so depressed. I understood why I lashed out. uh, Once I finally spoke it into existence and I was like, okay, this really happened and I shared it and I started sharing it with more people, um, getting comfortable with it being part of my story, but it not being such a huge part of my story that I always had to tell people, but understanding that it is part of the story and understanding that it did shape who I you know who I am and it definitely shaped my experiences of being angry depressed um, lashing out I mean it really instead of me judging myself 
for doing those behaviors, I could start looking at myself with compassion, right? Because I was just, I was just this little kiddo who should have never been exposed to that and hurt by a person who was supposed to protect me. And when I look at it in that manner, I understand why I reacted the way that I reacted and why I did all of the things that I did after that occurred. This was when I decided I was no longer going to suffer in silence. I was going to support myself and use outside resources to heal. I read all of the books, did the therapy, tried so many different healing techniques, but it wasn't until I found life coaching that I was able to fully heal and stop suffering. So it wasn't until I was 31 that I was able to fully, fully understand the magnitude and process what had happened to me I was able to change the story I had about the whole thing I decided that I had done nothing wrong it was no reflection of me just a reflection of him his experiences and his choices I decided I was no longer a victim but someone who had an experience that impacted and shaped much of my informative years and now I am going to release myself from the blame and shame that I carried around because of it. I decided I will no longer bear the weight of his actions to protect his reputation, but free myself by openly sharing my experience and how I healed. I am not responsible for his actions, nor should I hold shame around his actions. I am a beautiful human who is not defined by my experiences, but I am shaped by them and how I choose to handle them. And understanding that it is absolutely not a reflection of me, that it had nothing to do with me and literally everything to do with him has allowed me to free myself of the responsibility that I took on and also free myself from the judgment of the behaviors that occurred after. Deciding not to hold everything in, deciding to seek help, deciding to no longer suffer in silence was my key to healing and freedom. And, you know, when we suffer in silence for so long and we continue to tell ourselves stories about, you know, why we are to blame or why we should hold shame around these things, we will continue to bear the weight of other people's sins and actions. I mean, whether you want to call them sins, actions, whatever it is, but we do not need to bear the weight of other people's actions. And bearing the weight of other people's actions and creating meaning about us because someone did something to us is what causes us suffering. And holding it in to protect someone else or because you're afraid someone won't believe you, that keeps us in this state of suffering. And there are, it's true, there may be people out there that don't believe you. There may be people out there that actually think that you're lying. And guess what? That's okay because they aren't the ones that are carrying the weight of this trauma. And they aren't the ones that are carrying the weight of holding it in. And so... I know there are many of you out there that can relate, and if you can, I want you to know that you don't have to do this alone. I am here to help support and guide you through your healing. If I can do it, you can do it. 
I promise you. And so if this resonates with you and you have been holding something in, a trauma, something that you feel ashamed of, that you have been carrying the weight around that is causing you to suffer silently, I want to invite you to give yourself the gift of seeking outside support. You don't have to internalize this anymore. In fact, internalizing it is just causing you more pain and suffering and you may not want to you know share your experiences with people that you know and be very open about it but there are people out there that can help support you in your healing and I am one of them so if this resonates with you and you would like to start healing from your traumas and stop suffering in silence I would like to invite you to click the link below and book your free consultation. In that consultation, we can discuss what my 12-week program would look like for you and how we can start your healing journey today. Thank you so much for coming along this wild ride of an episode. I hope that you have the best week and don't forget to subscribe so that you get alerted when the next episode is available. Have a wonderful week. I will talk to you soon.